Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for this day you've made. We give you thanks for your mercy, your grace. We give you thanks for your loving kindness. We give you thanks, O oh God, that you are revealing your heart to us and showing us the way of the Lord. Reveal your truth and your life to us that we might run in your direction, that we might attain to the fullness of your desire for our lives, our families, our ministries. Let your grace so abound towards us that we might blossom and flourish in complete fruitfulness that might abound to glorify your name. We give you thanks for the blood of Christ. We thank you for the grace of the Lord. We give you thanks for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just lead us in your direction tonight and reveal to us the things that concern salvation, the things that concern our spiritual life. And allow these words not to return void, but that they would fulfill the purpose for which you send them out and be glorified and exalted. In Jesus' name we pray tonight. Amen and amen. We were talking on Sunday about the, the distortion of man's life upon the earth. The distortion is... Um, the expression of man's disposition, what, what man, his tendency is upon the earth. And it was powerful to understand that before the word of God comes into our heart and comes into our life, um, we were alien. We could not understand. Well, I'm in this earth. Some of us were married. Some of us single. What is my inclination? What am I supposed to do in this life? And so uh, pretty quickly there uh, comes someone to answer that question. If it's not somebody led by the Lord, they lead you in a... A rabbit chase and so you're pursuing things this week I I had the opportunity to go into a clinic a medical clinic and I saw all sorts of people coming in there um, I was moved by the amount of people that that want plastic surgery in our day and this 70 year old lady came in and I was like No offense to those watching on live streaming, but it's time already to be satisfied with the goodness of the Lord at the age of 70. I didn't understand, but some people are still pursuing. Clarita would be super upset at me right now. But I believe that this world is so, has so robbed us 
of what we can be doing and how we could be expressing ourselves. And it, all it does, the more we move in the way and the direction of the world, the less of the Father's love we're going to be able to embrace. In fact, the Bible says clearly in Romans 12, 2, that we not take the form of this world. That that's contrary to God's heart. We've said it before, wherever the world is running, make sure you're running in the opposite direction. Make sure that your priorities are different than what the world's priorities are. If we do not understand this, and he says, be transformed by renewing your mind, think different. There's, there's a worldly way of thinking. And he wants us to be renewed in our mind so that we might come in to the design of God, which is perfect in his will. And, and the opposite of that, I usually, to understand a Bible verse, I turn things to its opposite extreme that you might prove that if you do not do this, you're not going to have a good acceptable will. You're going to have a bad rejection and immaturity. Your sentiment is going to be totally contrary to the desire of God. Because you are walking like the world. You're thinking like the world. You're consumed with the world's thoughts and, and mindset. A lot of us observed the world way before we came into the kingdom of God. So by observing the world, we took after the world. We followed the world. We walked in such a way. Um, it's uh, paraphrased in the New Testament modern English version. Do not let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Don't, don't allow that. Many times I, I would see my life going contrary to my colleagues that were the same age in the same profession and I was like why am I not running the rat race and the Lord says you're not a rat you're not to follow your friends and, and it felt like it felt like an astronaut it felt like being totally distant living surreal and then the, the translation says, but let God remold your lives from within. Let there start different concepts of, of another nature that leads your steps, your thoughts, your actions, your words. Um, 2 Timothy 4.10. These are the words that are said by Paul to Timothy about someone who, who was lured into Thinking, acting, responding. And he talks about Demas. He says, for Demas has forsaken me. This was, this was a confident, a confident servant and, and companion of Paul. He says, he forsaken me because he's loved this present world. He has loved the mindset. 
and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens, for Galatia, Titus, and Dalmatia. Totally in, uh, in another mindset, this fellow worker with the great apostle Paul. Philemon uh, verse 24, it shows there that, that Demas was, was a ministry partner of Paul. But this, having loved the world more, in Philemon we have him here listed amongst my fe fe fellow laborers, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow laborers. But later he's telling Timothy, this man picked up and left. Um, somehow or another, th his heart got full of the sentiment of worldliness. Back in the old days, worldliness was was hated to such a degree that, that one man says, in order for me to not be worldly, um, they made this huge column, a platform, of uh, a pillar of 60 feet. And on top of this pillar of 60 feet, he put a board, and, and he sat on that pillar for 36 years. And obviously people would, would bring him food and he would eat, but he would stand up and preach, and everybody would come and see this man. Thousands of people flocked to see this unworldly man. I'm not going to be part of the world. I can't think like the world. And that's not what we're talking about. In fundamental colleges and, and Bible schools, they say you don't, you're not like the world if you stay away from the filthy five. If you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't go to the movies, you don't play cards, and you don't dance. If you, if you don't do those five things, you're away from the world. And the truth of the matter is that, that being close to the heart of the Father is one that, that, that speaks to you personally. I, I have people all the time coming up to me and they say, Pastor, do you think I should do this or do that? I just had a man say, I'm, I'm making a lot of money this, this year. I, I want to talk to you about how I'm, I'm going to use it. And I said, why don't you talk to the Father? Why don't you get close to God and tell him to speak to your heart? Spend time in the presence of God. He's going to be amazing how he begins to speak to you. I, I was talking to Jack Keen yesterday, and he was telling me that, that his son had an eye infection, and they went to go do a procedure. It was $1,500. Um, when they gave him the bill, he says, well, I didn't know it was going to be that expensive. Um, put all the bills together so I can pay you tomorrow. And so he went the next day, and... He said, lady, how much is the bill? She says, it's already been paid for. And he says, well, it was just yesterday that I owed all this money and today it's paid for. How did that happen? And she goes, well, this weekend I went shopping for antiques and I didn't find any antiques and I felt like the Lord was saying, don't spend money on antiques. And when I came to work and I saw what was going on with you, and the Lord says, this is what I want you to do. Pay that bill. And she told Jackie, come back tomorrow because I'm still thinking. She didn't tell him what God was telling her. But she wanted some more time to make sure it was God. So the next day she fell. This is what God wants us to do. 
And I believe that it's those personal interactions in our lives that allows us to feel and absorb the Father's embrace. Colossians chapter 2, verse 23, he says, it's not, it's not an attitude of self-imposed religion. This, this calling to live for God and to be away from the world is not parameters that you set up. He says, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. You look really holy when you're doing certain things that are self-imposed. Things that are called false humility. Where you try to keep your body from pursuing different things. But are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Um, religion tells you this is a list of the things you should do or not do. This is, they give you a list. Look, you, you go off the chart. The Father's love causes your heart to beat in a manner that would keep high, high standards of holiness and righteousness. Not because you're reading it off a book or off of a text, but a disposition of wanting to please the Father. Wanting your, and, 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 and being able to, to live that life is a lot more interesting than, than living according to um, just a chart. There's three things that, that the Lord tells us that will keep us safeguarded in the Father's love. Um, the love of the world is totally contrary. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, The authentic test for falling within the purview of his love is by this where we know, we know him, that we're close to him, that we're having connection. If, if we're, we're lining up in that, in the purview of his commandments, we're close to his commandments. It says that, that he begins to tell the brethren in this church in verse 7, he says, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you had from the beginning. This is not something that, that, that changes in the course. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, verse 8, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light has begun to shine. He who says he's in the light, got a relationship with the Father, I'm, I'm pleasing God, and is walking contrary in a disposition of hatred towards his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light. He's who's connected. There is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who despises his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I, I, I wish that, that coming to God and saying, Lord, speak to my heart. Un, un, unveil this aspect that is totally unobservable. I can't witness it. 
I can't see what you're trying to speak. He begins to, to say that, that being connected with the, with, with the Father's voice, with the Father's heart, will pull you out of these issues of disconnect. In verse 4, he says, He who says, I know him, and is not keeping the commandments, is in deception. The love is not in him. The truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, whoever is, is aligning himself up with the Spirit of God, with the voice of God, with the commandment of God, truly, God's love is being perfected in him. God is, is transforming us, is, is, is allowing us to be able to, to relate and connect. And then it goes on to say, by this we know that we're in him. He who, who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Lord, let me line up my footprints to your footprints. Today we, we stopped at a, at a, I don't know what happened, but last week somebody brought me a smoothie. So today I, I started getting a yearning for a smoothie. So we went to the Smoothie King here in Doral and, and I get off and I was real quick. I was with Pastor Rivera and the young man behind the counter it's very unusual, but, but there was a divine appointment there in this regards. I, I get there. I want my smoothie, and I want to go. I want to come back to the church. And, and he says, do you want my salad? Now, they don't sell salad in Smoothie King, so I'm gathering. He ordered it. He ate half of it, and he's offering me his salad. I was like, no, thank you. And he goes, tough luck. You're missing a good thing. I was like, this guy's pushing my buttons. In a vulgar mindset, he's flirting. Who's your salad? I'm missing a good thing. He says, what's your name? I go, oh, man, you're going to get it. <laughs> I go, my name is Joaquin. And he goes, where's it come from? And I, I know this guy has no clue what's about to happen to him. <laughs> and I said, well, my name comes from... Jewish heritage and he goes really I thought it sounded like French or Spanish and I said listen I just wrote a book and you should read it because <laughs> if not you're going to have a very tough time in life and I told him the name of the book he says, what's the title? And, and he says, what is it about? And I said, well, if you don't attain to manhood, you're never going to be able to have a relationship with a woman. And then he stopped joking around. And I said, for example, who do you think made man? Just a simple question. And he says, I don't know. I said, look, and there was a computer in front of him, and I said, that Apple computer was made by Steve Jobs. He created it. And if I asked you, if I asked the computer who made him, he would quickly say, Steve Jobs made me. Or if it was a Microsoft computer, he would say, Bill Gates made me. And the computer would know the simple response to that question to say who made them. And I ask, who made you? And you're telling me you don't know. And that makes you either ignorant, which I know you're not, or it makes you a rebel. 
It makes you a man that doesn't want to receive God's design for your life. And you're discounting the very purpose and substance of your existence by saying that God is not making you, he's not holding you accountable. If you were to ask my, I said, if, if I brought you a 10-year-old boy and, and he were to ask you who made man, what would you answer? He goes, I don't know how to answer. I said, there you go again. And if you get married under those pretenses and circumstances where you don't know the direction of wisdom, you're going to be a curse to the life of the woman you're with. You're not going to be able to be embraced as a person who gives the substance and the weight of soundness and direction and wisdom for your family. He says, you're a pastor, aren't you? I said, yes, sir, I am. He goes, I used to be radical, but I'm not radical no more. I said, look, get this website down. Everybody in, this was loud, and everybody was in line waiting for their smoothie. And everybody was going, ooh. <laughs> Every time. It's really tough when we're not connected to the Father. Everything else becomes distorted. Everything else is interpreted in a different light. We walk super estranged from the, the Father's desire. As we press in to knowing God and being authentic, the world is going to be observing our walk and our disposition. We're called now not to be wavering between reality and fantasy. We're not to, he told me in one instance, if I tell him that God made him, maybe his parents are going to get offended at me. And I said, well, if you were a real man, you wouldn't mind being offended by standing up for reality, for truth, for directing the life of a young person in the way he should go instead of compromising and saying, I don't know who made you. I don't know why you're here. I don't know how to get you where you need to be. I pray that as God begins to reveal his heart to us, we begin to live in that reality. He says in verse 15, do not embrace the world. 1 John 2, 15. Don't make that your safe haven. Don't make that your, the current that you run in. Don't set your affections there or the things of the world. Because if that is your embrace, the love of the Father is not in you. I was trying to say, what would be the natural progression of Sunday's message with respect to knowing that man's distortion in every realm is the lapse of being connected to the Father's love and say, how do we take a first step in the direction of receiving the Father's love so that we not distort 
our behavior and thoughts, words, and actions that are sinful, rebellious, disobedient. And it's all founded in this first aspect of taking a step to say no to the world. If anyone loves the world, if that's your choice, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16. Everything that is in the world, and now it describes it, the things that keep us away from the Father's love is our desires in our flesh, the desires in our eyes, and the arrogance and pride of life. These things are not of the Father, but of the world. It seems to be that these three are the catalysts that take us in the direction of away from the Father's love. What you want to do in the flesh, um, how many, this is, this is reality, ready? Um, your response and reaction to whatever is confronting you is primarily a reaction. It's just, just, it just pours out. It's normal. And so to say, not going to walk in the flesh. I'm not going to walk in what this body feels good in. I'm not going to move myself with the desires and the lust of the eyes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a stand. Understanding verse 17 the world with all of its expressions is passing and including the nature of its lust. But it's those who do the will of God that remain forever. It's those that, that go contrawise. The prayer, Spirit of God, lead me in the way I should go. Reveal to me the thoughts. There has to be godly thoughts. Hellish thoughts are all too quick in the coming. All too quick. I don't even have to think and that next carnal thought is, is surfacing. Um, like three years ago, we had the opportunity to go to a leadership conference, and Jenison Franklin was there. He's a man of God. He's serious about what he does for God. And, and he opened up his session saying this, I just got off a 30-day fast. And I realized coming off the 30-day fast, and he used these words literally, that on the first occasion of being able to run into the first person with the first issue, everything I thought, everything I spoke, and everything I did proved that I was a jackass, that I was a donkey, that I was rebellious. That, that, that the nature of sin is just pouring out after a 30-day fast. So I, he, he realized that the best of his expressions were ungodly. So he says this nature 
needs to be kept totally crucified. Totally nailed to the cross. So that we not wreck the opportunities and the expressions that are set before us. Even, even in ministry. Um, recall several years ago, and I've said this before, um, just like in this Smoothie King scenario, the guy is pushing my buttons. And I left that Smoothie King saying, listen, if it weren't for God, because he's like, oh, God doesn't exist. Whatever. I said, if it weren't for God, I wouldn't be talking to you. Because the only thing I've done since we've been here is to throw you a lifeline for you to have an excellent marriage and an excellent life and be able to be a champion. And if, if, if the Father's love, if, if the sentiment of God wasn't a reality in my, love, in my life, I wouldn't talk to you. I wouldn't waste the time. I let you think you're a donkey. I let you think that nobody made you. I let you continue in your atheism, in your rebellion. And so we're going to have occasion from time to time to have people Give us an opportunity to express the Father's love. To express the sentiments of the Spirit. Uh, Galatians 5 uh, has the, the expression saying that, that those who cannot express the, the fruits of the Spirit, that they're not, they don't belong to God. They don't, they, they're, not, they're not in these matters. Let's go, let's go read this in verse 16. He says, if you're walking in the spirit, you're not going to let the lust fulfill. You're not going to let lust fulfill itself. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's not going to be a distortion in your words. There's not going to be a distortion in your thoughts. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the imposition of the law. He says, now these are the works of the flesh, evident. We, we talked about them on Sunday. These are the expressions when the love of God is not flowing. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, sexual immorality, lewdness, idolatry, witchcraft, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbirths of wrath, selfish pursuit, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelry, and all these which I tell you beforehand, and I told you before, that those who practice and are walking and expressing these things will never inherit the kingdom of God. Will never be able to see the love of the Father expressed. But the fruit of the Spirit, the flowing in the, in the presence of God, will make love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These expressions 
It must have been a good 20 years ago that we had the occasion to fly to Puerto Rico with 25 of the youth members of our church to, to, to compete with churches in Puerto Rico. And they lent us a house. All 25, 26 of us stayed in the house. It had no furniture, but it had running water and it had light. And we all took the floor. And we all slept in sleeping bags. I was the youth pastor. I was leading the group. Jose Medieros had just gotten saved and he wanted to come along. We were spread out in the entire home. There's 25 young people and only two bathrooms. So obviously some of them had to go outside with a roll of toilet paper. And one young man decides that he would go to the bathroom in a bag and bring it back inside. Not throw it away, but come over to me that I was combing my hair when I had hair. And he begins to hit me with a bag. I didn't know what the bag had in it. And I started getting goosebumps because everybody started telling me, you don't know what he has in that bag. And I started getting an idea for what he had in the bag, but he had no idea I was about to knock his head off. And so I began to get really upset at the intensity of disrespect. And in my thoughts came a lot of ungodly vengeance and wrath. Just like when I didn't know Jesus. And I was going to knock his head off, but it would be very, very weird for a youth pastor to give this guy a big shiner and him come home and say, what happened? The pastor just knocked me out. And I closed my eyes and I said, Lord, he does not know what he's doing. And forgive me, Lord, for even thinking about what I'm about to do to this imbecile. And I told him that. I said, listen, you have no clue what you're doing. I have no clue. I just left it at that. It's been a long time since those 20 years have gone by. I believe that the Lord continues to challenge us to greater and greater intensities of not moving outside of the Father's love. Not moving in what the natural man would have us do. Verse 24 says, those who are of Christ have crucified the flesh and the passions and the desires. If we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited and provoking, envying. Let's not walk in, in the self-righteous standards of desire and lust. A step towards the Father's love is to, to fill ourselves with the Spirit of God. 
and to walk contrary to the world. To hear a voice that surpasses the natural reaction of what people deserve. That God would give us the ability to restrain our thoughts, words, actions that are disconnected from the Spirit of God. Ask God, Lord, I want to know, I want to embrace, I want to manifest what you have poured out for those that surround me. Let's ask the ushers to come forward tonight. As we participate of the Lord's Supper, there is no doubt that we're walking in the direction of the Father's heart. The, the end result is to see the Father's pleasure in our life. To see the embrace of God. The rest of the world is saying that they can't change course. 1 John 5.19 We're convinced that we are of God. We're convinced that God has a whole grip on us. How many say amen? amen. God, God is, God's hand is in my life. And we also know that there's a whole world out there that is held captive. The Bible says they're lying. They lie under the sway of the wicked one. They're, they're, only, they're only enticed and seduced by the flesh. They're enticed and seduced by their pride. They're enticed and seduced by visions of desire. He said clearly, if these things are, are part of your disposition and makeup, you're going to see a lot of works of the expressions of the flesh, but you're not going to see the love of God. You're not going to see the love of the Father. We have chosen the love of God. We have chosen not to walk in sin. We have chosen not to be the expression of what our nature and natural response is, disposition. Flesh without restraint. Father, thank you for this table. Thank you for the bread and the cup. We ask you to bless. As we partake, we welcome your provision. We see it as a renewed expression 
of the Father's love towards us. That our mindset should be the same that there was in Christ. His body being broken. His blood being poured out. Give us that heart. Give us that disposition. When you said upon the cross, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. The work is finished. We have the Father's love. As we partake tonight, oh God, let life, health, strength, vitality come into our lives to live every moment in the expression of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.